I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. In this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with interior designer Tao Yang, who's joining us from his studio in Seoul, South Korea. to take you back to maybe before your career and even before your studies and whether or not you remember the moment when you first decided that you wanted to become a designer and if you knew what that meant at that time and whether there was a particular inspiration that made you want to follow that path. I just loved um, expressing myself through art, drawing and sketching and even with uh, decorating my room, um, my mom would always tell me to uh, stop rearranging my room <laughs> <laughs> because I would constantly bring stuff from my parents' room or even my sister's room or even from the garage and, and try to, to express what I wanted to feel. And if I saw uh, maybe a scene from a Chinese movie uh, in a TV, I really wanted to recreate that scene in my space. So um, even from a very early uh, age, I think I just really loved playing around with space and trying to create a stage uh, uh, around me. So I think it became really naturally that I wanted to become a designer. Um, but. There was times when I wanted to be a graphic designer and then I wanted to, to be a fashion designer. and But I finally settled to become an interior designer. Mm. That's so great. I really love hearing those early stories. And I feel like yeah. uh, that sort of drive to want to redesign your bedroom is quite a common uh, experience, I think, amongst <laughs> architects and interior designers. So I, I always kind of nod my head when I hear that. It feels like it's an early, an early uh, sign. Um, yeah. So you're, you're based in Seoul, but before you settled there and well, I say settled, but you were traveling a lot pre-COVID, but before that period, you, you also lived and studied in the US, um, in Chicago and mm -hmm. LA, I believe, as well as Berlin and Amsterdam, um, yeah. where in Amsterdam you were working with Marcel Wanders and I wanted to ask you a little bit about those experiences and, you know, whether you had a favourite city that you enjoyed more uh, and perhaps what that time in each of those cities brings to your work now. How has it influenced you? Yes, I think I was always um, very uh, excited to be exposed to new environments and new culture and meeting new people. I'm, I'm, I think I believe I am a very shy person and I do get very intimidated by a uh, change of drastic environments. But at the, si at the same time, I think I get very excited by uh, those changes and I want to absorb and want to learn uh, not only the visuals, but also history and 
culture and what people think and philosophies of living. So uh, traveling to many different cities, I think uh, I was very lucky uh, enough to be exposed to a lot of different things. And I think all of that became a, a, a steps for me to become a designer and really uh, think about where I belong and what I need to do and uh, how, how I need to approach um, my projects as a designer. So um, it's really hard to choose a favorite city. Um, but like for instance, when I was living in Berlin and going to all the different galleries and meeting all different artists and really uh, talking to them and learning depth about how they want to view the world and how they're criticizing the world and how they're coming up with uh, great solutions and sometimes very vague solutions but are creative ones. I think uh, I sort of saw that maybe uh, design could be a tool to uh, provide the world uh, alternative solutions or a very fun and different perspective on how we uh, could change the world. So I think it was a very uh, valuable time for me to travel to different cities. So uh, whenever I get a chance, I, I think I just, I think I'm ready to, to go and, and explore more. Mm. <laughs> I definitely am too. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going to come back to art as an influence um, in a couple of questions. But it's really interesting to hear you say that. Actually, um, so I think for me, you know, I, like I said, I've known you for a couple of years, and one thing that I really respect about you is your respect and and your reverence for your country's history and its culture. And yeah. the way that you express that in your work is something that I really admire. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, because of this deep connection that it seems from the outside that you have with Korean culture, was it really difficult for you to be gone from your country for such a long time? Yeah. Or do you think perhaps that being away helped you develop that respect and admiration for your yeah. culture? Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Um, I I do believe that uh, being away from the country actually helped me develop and have a clear uh, view on what I have and also uh, learn from other countries and other uh, foreign designers how they um, get inspired by their own culture and how they develop a very contemporary language and a very contemporary visual that not only speaks to their country but speaks in a very international manner. So uh, like for instance working for Marcel Wonders um, being a he I mean, he's a star Dutch designer, and my first job was to actually um, scan a lot of the uh, catalogs from uh, different museums, different museums in Belgium and Amsterdam, and we would go through the artifacts and 
and try to see what we could develop and what we could make something new out of it. Like uh, those appreciations towards their culture and what we could dig out and what kind of story that we could uh, bring that could inspire people living in the 21st century. I think uh, learning those processes and being part of those processes really uh, made me who I am today. And um, I think uh, tapping into my own own local culture uh, really um, gave me advantage to actually stand out in an international scene and have my own uh, unique uh, tone and manner of uh, visual uh, results. Mm, that's interesting. I'm curious to know how you found you know, when you returned to, to Seoul and South Korea, what it was like for you to settle back into the city because Seoul has quite a different rhythm to it than maybe obviously anywhere in the world. Um, yeah. you know, Amsterdam and Berlin are very old cities. They're quite ancient. They're quite small. LA and Chicago are quite big and sprawling and very new. And Seoul yeah. seems almost like a little bit of both. It's a big city, but there's a lot of little... Um, sort of centers within that city and there's ancient areas but also very new areas you know I'm, yeah. I'm curious to hear what that experience was like when you first came back to live in Seoul um, coming back to Seoul I have noticed that um, the whole city and not just the city but the whole country was just celebrating change celebrating innovation we're always uh, talking about what's gonna be next and what kind of technology can we adapt to our living and I always felt uh, a neglect on our uh, tradition and some part that's missing uh, and I wanted to be, uh, uh, I wanted to create a balance between tradition and local culture and, and this um, whole nation's madness of trying to uh, <laughs> evolve and to, to make better of, of themselves. So, uh, and I think I was very lucky and I think sort of like this life gave me a chance uh, and by uh, moving into a very old neighborhood uh, next to the Royal Palace in Korea. Uh, it's it's called the North Village. Uh, it's called Bukchon. And uh, this uh, old village is consist consisted of um, old Korean traditional housings. And just, um, it wasn't actually planned. Um, I just somehow found myself living in one of these old houses and it really opened my, my eyes towards the beauty of uh, traditional architecture and traditional ways and how uh, this old architecture still uh, possess um, the philosophy and the way of living and how to cope with nature and, and how to really soothe uh, your mind. So I really uh, wanted to share that with Seoul and Korea and even beyond that. So um, coming back from Amsterdam and being uh, studying in the States, um, I think um, I was just, when I first came to Korea, I didn't really know much about uh, Korean, Korean tradition, but moving into this neighborhood, 
I really began to study and did a lot of research research on on what I have, and I started to to express that in my design and show that through uh, space, furniture, and artwork. And now it it sort of became to furniture brand and to a、uh, cosmetic brand as well. So it's、mm. it's keep on expanding. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that that a lot of what I know about Korean design and Korean architecture I've learnt from you and from being able to visit your home, which we published in an earlier issue of the magazine when we focused on Korea.、Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm、um, I'm I'm interested to talk a bit more about your practice because within the interiors part of what you do, you. Have designed a number of high-end residential projects, and some of them have been for celebrities、um, whose names、yeah. we won't mention.、Um, but I wanted to talk to you about what that's like and how what the most rewarding part of creating someone else's home can be for you. Yeah,、um, I think like most of most of the people.、Um, Don't really get a chance to think about、uh, how they want to live and how they want to create their life, and and people are just too busy、um, creating、um, their career and trying to be successful, and the side effect of that is not really knowing what you want, and、um, being able to show them and and being able to help them discover. Uh, their new steps and really helping them、um, find their、uh, new hobby and new interest. I think that's the most celebrating part.、Uh, I, I mean, beautiful house、uh, and beautiful space. I think it's understatement. But I I always tell my clients that it needs to be a tool、uh, to improve their life.、Um, so I really、um, try to communicate in a very deep. Uh, deep sense and deep ways, and I really want to understand them, and I really want them to、uh, find satisfaction through these houses. So、um, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this to you, Susan, many times that、uh, I I always want my design not to be a final result, but it really needs to become a, become an effective tool to make changes in in people's life.、Um, Even yesterday, I was having dinner with one of my celebrity clients, and he he's been telling me that he's he's been just so busy、uh, trying to make a career, and creating music and trying to even to make a living and meeting a interior designer and creating his home and really finding a new passion towards art and furniture. Just gave him another meaning of life, and he 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 told me that、uh, his house、um, is the biggest、uh, reward that he gave it to himself. So I was very happy to change a, a very positive change in his life.、Mm, that's really lovely. I think that's such a meaningful experience.、Uh, and I actually wanted to ask you whether you have found that your clients are now asking. For something more or anything different, are, are their expectations changing now because of COVID? We 
I think mm -hmm. around the world have all experienced, those of us fortunate to have a roof over our head, have yes, um, experienced definitely. so much more time at home. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious if your clients, if their perspective has changed, if their expectations have changed about what their mm -hmm. homes should be and are they asking you for something different now? Yes, from uh, residential projects to corporate uh, projects, I mean, we it's it's inevitable that uh, to we have to think about the post-COVID situation, our standards towards uh, cleanliness and wellness uh, has become up, up so high, and now uh, even uh, for residential spaces, uh, not being able to um, sometimes this when we have a lockdown you have the the home needs to function as a classroom it needs to function as a fitness room and it also needs to function as a family gathering space but at the same time you need to have a very private moment in your uh, in your home and also you need to connect with nature so it's becoming a, a more functional and more delicate machine that people could really uh, enjoy so there's a lot of uh, different things to think about and we really need to think about how this home um, has become a, a sanctuary uh, that uh, gives you a very uh, clean and safe uh, space to, to live, but also at the same time, how we use technology and how we use a very smart way of indoor and outdoor planning and also a very versatile use of walls and furniture to create a, a multifunctional space. So I think it's become a challenge, but uh, it's another way of evolving. And I think I'm really enjoying the process. And I definitely feel that uh, after uh, Corona, after COVID, this is a time of transition. And mm. so many things are changing and even the visuals are changing. Uh, and I think it's a very exciting time for us. I'm so glad you said that. I think that you put that so beautifully. I love the term, a delicate machine. I'm going to write that down and remember that. But, you know, the way that you just described all of those daily activities, I, you know, it's so important to remember that a family in Korea is going through the same thing as a family here in Australia where I am or Hong Kong or wherever else in the world. It's the one thing right now that I think binds us all together, that anyone who has children is trying to work and homeschool and cook and run a house and try and get some exercise and see their family and their friends. And it's, um, it's, it's really reassuring to know, I think, that at the end of the day, we're all basically the same and going through the same thing. So I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> Thank you. And sometimes it's it's not all that bad, is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of our clients and and tell me that they're not really interested in luxury anymore. Um, mm. They're really think of thinking about uh, family time, and it, they're not trying to show their home. It's really about how they enjoy life with their special people, a very close uh, community and, and to families and close friends. So now we're really talking about a true meaning of luxury and how we could uh, create a new term for luxury. So we're very concentrated on an understated way to express that and 
even um even more concentrations on what good really good material is how we could really create a sustainable environment so i think it's a really exciting time and i think it's it's really giving throwing out many different questions to designers and uh, i think we're uh, given a chance to to prove that design could really be a, hu a huge benefit to our environment and to the society Mm, yeah, you put that so well, and I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I want to move now to beyond your interiors practice, because you also um, are the founder or co-founder, I'm not sure of your exact title, but have a skincare brand, which seems yeah. um, kind of like a stereotypical thing to do in Korea. Um, <laughs> but but I, I have used the product um, yeah. and I can, I can attest for its quality and the beauty of the packaging. Um, and the, the brand is called ETH Library. And, and I would yes. love for you to tell us a little bit about where the idea came from, aside from wanting good skin, which you already have. Um, but, you know, why did you just start, decide to start the company? And, you know, how did that all come about? How did you even... You know the formulations i'm fascinated by all of that the packaging i understand yeah. that you have a high level of aesthetic but where did the inside of it all come from how did the formulation come about well the first idea for uh, eighth library uh, we really wanted to find uh, a new way for uh, korean traditional medicine to to survive literally um just like Chinese medicine and uh, Korean traditional medicine, uh, we have a very long uh, history for this practice, but uh, now it's uh, coming into um, a downhill where people praise uh, Western medicine. And we really tend to forget about uh, how we have used uh, nature to become healthy and how we um, um, coped with nature to have a healthy diet and healthy way of living. So uh, I wanted to uh, create a platform and create a tool for uh, Korean medicine to um, to celebrate itself and celebrate its meaning and, and create a tool that could really uh, show the beauty of Korean, Korean medicine and uh, a tool to um, communicate with, with 21st century people. So um, everything uh, about this um, cosmetic brand called Eat Library is based on, the formulation is based on traditional Korean medicine and even the aesthetic is, is derived from that. And the way we um, apply the, the cosmetic and the way we um, want people to use it. It's, it's all from this old technique and old um, books uh, of Korean medicine. And, um, you know, Korean cosmetic has become a, such a popular um, part, uh, kind of like K-pop or mm -hmm. K-drama. And uh, people are really uh, are acknowledging uh, the quality of, of K Korean cosmetics. And so I really wanted to use uh, this time to show people that there is a Korean traditional medicine and we could really actually utilize this to um, create a product that, that could talk to the younger generation and make Korean cosmetics still uh, survive and bring it to a very popular uh, state. 
I hope mm. I hope that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I think yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, yeah, the music and the TVs and now the movies and the skincare, I think, have been very successful exports for Korea. And anyone, you know, maybe that's never been there and doesn't know much about the country would probably at least know those things. And I'm going to come back yes. to that in a second. But I I want to talk to you about art because. Um, I think, you know, when we started going to Korea to in, uh, research and interview people for this issue of the magazine that we published a few years ago, we really wanted to highlight the creative talent that was there. And I was speaking, you know, obviously with you and, and other architects, but the art scene there is very old and very established and... Mm -hmm and you know quite mind-bogglingly large you could sort of fall down a rabbit hole uh, and I, I actually wanted to talk a bit about your art collection you have a you know a lovely little art collection in your home which yeah, a lot of it is you. Korean artists and your yeah. home in Seoul is surrounded by some of the best galleries in the country and you have friends in the art yeah. world and I, I wanted to maybe ask you it's probably really hard to pinpoint uh, a couple of artists because there are so many that are amazing but I wondered mm -hmm. if that if you could mention a couple whose work that you really enjoy and, and what it is that you mm -hmm. think perhaps makes Korean contemporary art different from art that's coming mm -hmm. from other countries at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah for, for instance um, um, I'm pretty sure you already know this name but like artist named Ufan Lee and uh, Park Sobo, those are uh, some artists that I adore and I admire so much. And I think the philosophy uh, of these artists approaching art as a tool to really heal themselves and really trying to uh, show the world a different aesthetic. Uh, and these aesthetics that they're creating is not just has invented from their generation, but uh, from dates back to Joseon Dynasty. And in Joseon Dynasty, we have uh, a philosophy and an aesthetic called a no taste. And mm. sometimes we translate it to a beyond taste. Uh, it's something like uh, since Korea has gone through so many different kingdoms and so many different uh, historical points that we had very different aesthetic and very different even religion. And uh, experiencing all those different philosophies and ways of living and aesthetic, uh, people had, uh, at, the, at the end of the Joseon dynasty, right before the modern days, people uh, were thinking about abandoning those aesthetics and abandoning the philosophy and just really look at the nature and finding beauty in imperfection and finding beauty in nature. And you would just find a, a tree log and you would put it in your uh, in your room and find beauty uh, in that. So it's a um, it's a way of really uh, experiencing everything. Uh, it's not about not knowing things, but it's about knowing everything and then discovering that the best thing in life is the most simple things in life, and trying to find beauty in that. And I think those kind of uh, way of thinking is linked to these uh, Korean artists now that. Um, hanged in most prestige museums all over the world. Uh, and I think it really truly expresses 
the Korean aesthetic of, of that era and that also connects to uh, 21st century contemporary um, nowadays. So I really wanted to highlight Ufanli every time if I get asked the question, which is your favorite artist? <laughs> yeah, he's often mistaken for being Japanese. Um, yes, that's which true. Which is a huge yeah. injustice because I think the way that you've <laughs> just described that is so beautiful, so poetic, but I think, yeah, really, uh, truly represents so many things about Korean creative culture. Mm -hmm. And I love talking to you about this because you you have a, an encyclopedic knowledge about this thing. About these things. It's, <laughs> Thank um, you. It's really interesting. Yeah. I've been expanding my uh, art collections. Very recently, I actually purchased a, a Chinese artist, mm. um, a, a piece by Zhao Zhao. Uh, I actually met met uh, his. I went to his exhibition in Beijing right before the uh, Corona um, virus hit, uh, hit the world, and saw his um, exhibition at the Song Art Space, and I was blown away by his uh, idea and how he talks about the media, how he talks about his own country, and his um. Fascin I was fascinated about the the way he he creates art. So. Now I have a new space in my home, mm. uh, just just for Zhao Zhao's piece, and I I can't wait to show you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see it. So yeah. I want to fast forward now and talk about contemporary Korean culture because that's really mm. what's becoming so popular internationally, and that's been mm -hmm. largely with the help of Sai and his song about Gangnam. I didn't even know that that was a neighborhood <laughs> until that song came out. I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> Um, K-pop bands like Blackpink and then, of course, uh, Bong Joon-ho's movie Parasite, yeah. which, you know, broke so many records for a foreign film at mm -hmm. the Oscars. And I feel like I could watch over and over again. Yes. Uh, I wanted to know, you know, what are we missing out for those of us that are not familiar with um, current Korean culture? What are you watching mm -hmm. at the moment and what are you listening to that we need to know about? Well, um for now, there's a lot of um, contemporary, uh, in the contemporary music scene in Korea, there's a lot of uh, experimental music that tries to mix Korean traditional um, lyrics and Korean traditional songs with electronic sounds. And those are very interesting to, to hear and see. And, in, and also, um, a lot of the uh, Korean contemporary artists are coming up with very experimental uh, artworks that is using the latest technology and latest uh, materials that you could find, uh, you could actually find only within Korea. So um, it's, it's really hard to uh, explain, but I wish I could just bring you to Korea and go to all <laughs> these different galleries and, uh, and small uh, uh, shows and, and small uh, recitals to hear the music and see the artworks. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I really look forward to that, Teo. I hope that that day is not too far away. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for chatting. It's been it's been such a pleasure catching up with you, and it's really nice to hear your voice. And yes, thank you so much. I miss Seoul. I can't wait to get back there. Yes, yes. I mean, um, 
a lot of things being uh, stopped, but at the same time, a lot of things being uh, moving forward at the same time. Um, a lot of great exhibitions opening and a lot of new great spaces opening and a lot of cafes talking about wellness and, and mm. health has opened in Korea. And I, I just can't wait to share that with uh, the audience for Design Anthology. Thanks, Taya. We can't wait. <laughs> Thank you.